0: Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodokar schaller Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we are going to talk about two games. We're going to do Silkworm and Swiv. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, but before we do, we've got some feedback from last week. You ready? I think so. Hi, Nick. At the open, Phil's putt on the 18th hole. Thursday, the miss was obviously a result of a raised cup around the edges of a hole. As you know, a very typical error of greenskeepers when they cut a new hole and pull the cutter out without applying adequate weight to the metal ring around the cutter itself. Have seen this happen many times over the years, whether playing or watching. Would you concur, sir? Respectfully yours, Steve. Do you know what that's from? Uh, No. This was a comment on our Facebook page on my review of Nick Faldo's fighting golf. Oh.
1: I remember. That's a very popular video. Yeah. So
0: some person. um, But there was a weird way to start the feedback. I was totally baffled. Some person uh, thought that that video review was somehow Nick Faldo's official Facebook page. And so wrote Nick a message um, thinking that I was actually Nick Faldo. So. I had to write him back and say, Steve, I'm sorry. This is this is not Nick Faldo. We're an Amiga podcast. Still, um, so, I bet we could get Nick on. That would be great. You I'd love English to have a bigger PGA presence here on the podcast. Um, we've got a new patron, Paul Harrington. He is another fan in Norway, but he's originally from Northern Ireland. No kidding. So I'm chalking him up as our first Northern Irish, Northern Irelandish. Native of Northern Ireland? Yes, yes fan. Um, He's also curious yet scared to hear how
1: I'll sing his name. (laughs) Can't wait someone paid to hear that. That's that's what baffles me. They pay in droves. They must have some weird taste in music up in Norway. They must.
0: Uh, This is uh, another, hi guys, Steve. uh, Press play on tape from the Retro Asylum podcast. Yeah, Uh, He said, just wanted to drop you a line, say great work on the show. It's great to hear a podcast fully dedicated to the Amiga. So, Thanks, Steve. Uh, we're huge fans of the Retro Asylum podcast. Yeah, I love, huge I love fans. Retro
1: Asylum. I've been listening to it for, geez, I was probably on board right about the time they started. So, it's great, great yeah. show. You yeah. know, um, big cast of guys on that show. Yeah, they do all the conventions. They do it all over there. They've got, they put out publications. They, uh, they are very, very talented. Thank I'm, you very much. I'm
0: not happy with the way our green screen is acting. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry that we're getting this this stuff back here. I need to redo the lighting. I apologize. Next week it will be better. Moving on. Gary Hucker writes in. He's from New Zealand. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, He says thanks for the mention of my feedback on the podcast. Which we're mentioning him again. Uh, He says it would be great to meet you both in person if you manage to get to New Zealand. Just make sure you head to the top of South Island on your itinerary. So we'll have to pencil that in on our New Zealand tour. That's uh, awesome. Summer.
1: I would love, you know, that's they. I believe that's where they form like Lord of the Rings. It is. So it be, is. You know, I, uh, i watched some MMA uh, in Australia and there's some guys from New Zealand, there's some good fighters down there. It'd be a fun place to visit Australia and New there. Zealand. it be, it'd be great.
0: Yeah, you know but, that's a long plane trip though. It's the longest you can. Where was?
1: They sent us tickets for their convention. That was like, that was in Atlanta. Almost. See, um, yeah. that's close. because they got an airport there. <laughs> right. So that's that's true. We can hit we through. can hit
0: the VCF uh, festival and then just jump on a plane, direct flight to New South Wales. Wouldn't that be nice to go to New Zealand? Oh, I'd love it. I'd love it. That would be. Can I even see where Tony Gurria was born? You know, Eep is. Uh, she's she's talked about moving closer to home and uh, maybe going to maybe moving down to New Zealand. So. That's She's, not that much closer, is it? Oh, yeah. That's that's half, half the distance to Thailand. But that's now. still not... It's not like you can just hop in a car and drive up and see your phones. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. She might not have actually said that. That might have been in my mind. She said that. And I said, that sounds great. I'd love to live in the place where they made Lord of the Rings.
1: You sing your own name all the time in your
0: mind, don't you? I do. I do. Um, he... Getting back to Gary. He said, I was wondering if you have any way of displaying PAL via composite on any of your screens. Um, do we have a way to do that? <laughs> Yes. There's uh, our, our thing well, over there. Like do for that, example,
1: or? my my Amiga will play, PAL stuff. Mm-hmm. It just slides it down the screen halfway, and it looks like crap.
0: Because he he said he'd like to send us a gift, but he wasn't sure if we could play PAL games on our Amiga.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, we could make that work. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, Gary, we'd love it. Uh, we'd love it if you if you want to send us a little Amiga goodie. Uh, we, we love, love that stuff. Yeah. Um, and he also says, I'll put a link to this in the show notes, that he has, uh, he does, his own YouTube channel is about uh, vintage electronics, HP calculators from back in the day and stuff like that. No kidding. Yeah. You know, uh,
1: I don't know if you ever heard of the uh, uh, LGR, Lacey Game Reviews guy. He's a big calculator nut. Oh, and, okay. and Until I watched that show, I never knew there that There were calculator cared. nuts, yeah. And I'm guessing this guy's an older guy. The, I don't know He probably didn't say his age, but uh, uh, when I was younger, and this is way before your time, yes, yes. Calculators were like a coveted item. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a big deal to have one, and uh, you plug them in, you know, and, they were, and it was a, it was a it was a thing. It was a highly valued thing. It mm-hmm. cost like hundreds of dollars, or right? More, you know, and then as time went on, you get them at the Dollar Tree and they're solar powered. Mm-hmm. No one gets crap, yeah. you know. So it's, it's funny how that works. Have you ever heard of a Polish inverse calculator? No.
0: That's what my dad always used. You know, he's an engineer, and it's a weird kind of system. Like you'll hit like if you want to add, you'll hit twelve enter, the other number, plus, and then you might even have to hit enter again. It's a weird system, but it's one of those things that if you learn it, you can do things really fast. And it's the only device I've ever seen that took those magnetic strips that run programs. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll I'll go way back for you, speaking of calculators. Uh, There was a time when we didn't have calculators. So what do we have? Abacus. Adding machine. It was in between the Abacus. You know, my uh, grandfather was a coal miner, for many years, and he also took care of all the mining housing in the area. Mm-hmm. Right, he was the guy who was basically went around and picked up the money. He had an adding machine uh, uh, for years and years. He ended up getting a bunch of them. So when I was a kid, I used to play with these adding machines and try to use them. Did they have the the whole the, thing? Hold oh, the yeah. uh, paper sp- spindle and the these things? Holy smokes! And you talk about heavy. I mean, these things are boat anchor heavy. <laughs> You know, and at the end, I mean, I've, I've seen, I, I remember we went in this building that was getting cleaned out and they had like hundreds of these adding machines in it, you know? I, and now, no one needs an adding machine. I'm doubting anyone collects an adding machine. Yeah.
0: Secretaries at my school still use them.
1: They're old <laughs> Is that how yeah. old, yeah. that's yeah. how old West Virginia and how out of yep. we are. We got yeah. adding machines in the school. Yeah, they
0: have their nice big computer, but whenever so they, they need to do something quick, they'll just run up the tape on the they, adding machine. Then they have
1: the Xerox, the big, uh, the big <laughs> metal barrel. <that> <laughs> like the mimeograph thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: we probably saw some of those when I was in school they jam, had them yeah. and they had the reel-to-reel projectors got no one when you hear the sound the boop that's what you knew it was coming good times no <laughs> some things you should not be
1: hungry to go back for that's one of them um
0: speaking of um speaking of Dreamcatcher oh yeah we uh we were we weren't uh he wrote in to say, I definitely fall into the people who don't understand why others love the Three Stooges.
1: Community. Oh, dream catcher! He started off strong, and now he's, oh, And he,
0: he said, um, was the game a big seller? He said, it seems to have scored reasonably well, though that doesn't always translate to high volume sales, because there's so many other factors at work. Do you know if that if the game sold well? From what I
1: read, it was a successful game, which is why it was ported. Mm-hmm. If it hadn't done well, they wouldn't have ported it to Jack That's Court. what I
0: figure, yeah.
1: Yeah. CinemaWare's early titles, a lot of them were... I mean, they had a lot of successful titles, and I think... I'm again, You know, it's funny, I was just looking for sales numbers today for the games you're reviewing. I usually look every week, and I have never found hardly any. There's a few places, and I see the same forum post pop up over mm-hmm. and over and over. And it's all speculative. Well, I think it sold this much worldwide. I don't know if they just didn't keep the numbers, they didn't publish the numbers, mm-hmm. or no one gives a crap, but it's very t- difficult... Like, I know for a fact the two games we did today were very good sellers because the people that made them said in the interviews I read, hey, these were great sellers. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I know about them. Though. I have right.
0: no idea what great selling means. Well, yeah, and it, great selling definitely means different things at different time periods because back in the back in the 80s, if your game sold 500,000 copies, it was a rip-roaring success. I sure. Mean, even when in the days of the, the N64, or maybe the Super Nintendo the first time I saw it, Nintendo would put million seller you know, on the box, on reprints, and stuff like that. Yeah. But now... These days if you have a triple A title and it sells a million copies, it's a flop, you know. So Yeah it's crazy. Yeah, isn't
1: it? yeah. It's a different world, right? I mean, yeah. I remember uh you know, I'm old, folks, but going to Radio Shack or going to like Computer Land, and you just had the games in a in a ziploc bag, mm-hmm. you know. Just that's the way Ultimate started, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And and I was around for that, you know. i ordered stuff out of the back of Rainbow Magazine back in the day for the cocoa and Where's Computerland? Where was that? Uh Charleston Town Center. Really? Yeah. There's a store called Computerland. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Wow. That was a big chain for a while. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's the first place I ever saw Pit Stop 2. and the first place I ever used a mouse. Oh, <laughs> it was amazing. It was on a. I it was on an apple. Amazingly, it was a. Uh, I was stunned. How does this thing work? I thought I got a cushion of air under it. <laughs> That's <Nope>. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: we got feedback from Sean Courtney. He is a big Three Stooges fan. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, and uh, but before he goes into his main comment, he says he actually never interviewed Edgar Vidal or Big Doll. Remember we talked about that? I kept calling him Gore Vidal because I couldn't remember his name. Bad. Yeah. Um, he uh, he said that he would have loved to, and uh, but he he never actually interviewed him. He was just kind of knows. A lot about him, um, but regarding the Stooges, he says I liked it on the Commodore sixty four and loved it on the Amiga. Uh, I agree with you on the Punch Drunks minigame. He says he's convinced that
1: it's impossible to complete. So you know, while and this is the last time I'll touch on Three Stooges, but I was talking. Well, about,
0: you're you're going to talk more because he's got more to
1: say. Oh, okay. I'm well, I'm going to throw about. this in. I was talking to my buddy Hose, uh, which I wish we'd had him on the show. He's an old Amiga guy, and he's a, the number one Three Stooges guy. He was telling me a story. He said that, uh, you know the guy that hosts uh, America's Funniest Home Videos and Dance with the Stars? Bob Saget? I mean, no, not Saget. The other guy. Treve- Scott Bayo? No. What? No. I can't remember his name. Is it Trevelyan or something like that? I can't remember his name. The older guy. Uh, Scott Bayo has never hosted Dancing with the Stars. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Mm. Anyway, you're just screwing around, Boat. I've got a serious story here, and you're diminishing it with your baloney. So anyway, host said this guy, when he was younger, was a worked as a janitor at a radio station. This would have been in the uh, uh, late 60s or early, very, very early in 1970. And he said his parents left town and he decided that he was going to try to get an interview with the Stooges, you know? So... He called them up, and this, he'd heard this story because it was on, apparently this guy was in Howard Stern, and he brought these tapes. So he called up, he hunted around, and found Larry living in an old folks' home for Hollywood stars. Wow! Okay, it's amazing <clears throat> that such a place like that exists. Yeah, no, I know that for a fact for another reason. I'll get to you some other time, but anyway, <clears throat> so he narrowed it down, and he called there, and he said, and the, and the nurse said, "Listen, Larry's playing cards. We'll have him give you a call if he wants after he gets done." And Larry called the guy back. He's like, "What do you want?" He said, "Listen, I want to. I'm working for this radio station." I like to get an interview about stuff. Now Larry already had a stroke, but Larry chatted with with him some stuff, and he recorded it. And Larry says, "Listen, he goes, I'd, I'd like to talk to Mo." And Larry's like, oh, "Okay, here's his here's his unlisted number." Psh, gave it to him, and so the guy uh, calls up Mo, and Mo answers the phone. He goes, "Hello, is this Mo?" And he, and, 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 uh, "This is a uh, uh, so and so." From such and such radio station, he wasn't telling these guys he was a janitor there, mm-hmm. and he wasn't, and he had a real deep voice. Mm-hmm. And Mo's like, Moe was real aggressive. Who is this? How the hell did you get this fun, this number? This is an unlisted number. And he said, uh, he goes, well, Larry, Larry gave me the number, and he said, and, and the guy said there was a pause, and then, and then Mo said, Larry, huh? That knucklehead. <laughs> Which I thought that was great, but then he recorded a two-hour interview with this guy. Wow. So there, and then Hose told me that when they were rec- these tapes came back to light. Like, look what I've got. Interviews mm-hmm. with the Street Stooges, one right before he died, they were reel-to-reel tapes. Mm-hmm. They said, they only got one shot at digitizing them because as they went through the reel-to-reel machine, on the other side, they just came out and just smashed. they oh all ripped gosh, to shreds. Wow. They, they, apparently, so you can, I don't know if you list them on YouTube or something. Mm-hmm. If I find them, I'm going to put up a link if these three great. Stooges fans out there. I thought that was neat. That's even awesome. Off, even when they're not on stage, he's calling Larry and Uncle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a,
0: speaking of Curly, um, I gotta say this is funny this is the it was the third different story he would heard about how Curly got his name he said the story I first heard was his nickname uh, was because he used to have curly hair the more recent story I heard was that he petitioned to join the Stooges uh, when he petitioned to join the Stooges he shaved his head for a more comedic appearance and then later bemoaned that it looked girly and someone overheard it as Curly and that's how he got his name have you heard either of those
1: two stories Hose told me Again, it's funny because I talked to Hose about this in depth, and uh, he told me that it was a ch- curly, the, as in the original curly. Mm-hmm. It was a hot. It was a. Uh, it was a nickname he'd had since he was a child, mm. and he told me the. He actually told me how he got it, but I'll be honest with you. For the life of me, I can't remember what. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember how how, how it was, but uh, from what Hose told me, I'll, I'll, I'm going to default the Hose on this one because he is the master of Stooge knowledge. That that was a childhood nickname that stuck that stuck with him. Mm. Okay, so
0: anyway, the world may never know what, but uh, so anyway, that's the end of the Three Stooges. Feedback. This is the Three Stooges podcast yeah. now with the Two Stooges. <laughs> Bring Brent back in. That's right. That's right. Um, we got some site updates. Uh, as of yesterday, we officially have had over fifty thousand page views to the site. That's not bad. Not bad. That's our Uh, site? Yeah. Our site. At least 1,000 of those did not come from Russian mail order bride sites and other things. We've got to up our game. (laughs) So um, thank you for everybody that checks out our site. Uh, Dreamcatcher has put up a Bomberman review.
1: Yeah, uh, I saw
0: that. And he also wrote a great article on some of the uh, not-so-awesome arcade ports on the Amiga. Yes, I saw that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we'd like to welcome Will Williams to the Amigos team. Uh, he's going to be writing some articles. His first article was all about bringing his Amiga online. He's going to be publishing a lot more how-to articles and things like that. So we look forward to that coming up. Yeah, that was it. No, we, Will was on the show. Uh, when,
1: yeah, how he, long ago was it? it was boy, many, it was, many episodes. Yeah, ago. yeah. He he was on when we talked about uh, our uh, deep, del- pain, deep pain. And, yeah. yeah. Um, He's a real, real cool cat, and his. I have to say, his article is top shelf. It's gotten a lot of attention. I, I, I will be following his teachings yeah. <laughs> at some point. It looked, it was a very interesting article. Absolutely, um, and uh, we've also
0: I, we played a bunch of games this week. Four uh, x four off road racing. Uh, have you had a chance to check that out before? I saw the video. I've not played it before, no. It's uh, it's something else, I'm telling you. The way that you have to hit a log, like in Lotus, to go over a thing, but you have
1: to flip. You flip It's uh, very in the, strange. In, yeah. Yeah. I remember you talked to me and Britt talked about that last week. I okay, like, what is
0: that? we played uh, Tearaway Thomas. Uh, Chad and I played that. See, I've not heard
1: of that. It's
0: a Sonic sort of clone kind of game, oh, really I see. fast. Um, and it's got some really British humor in it. There's a level called The Larch which I guess is... The Large. It's yeah. a Monty Python reference. Okay, right? there you go. And then the other one, there was some other name that we didn't recognize, and it was from the Two Ronnies. Are you familiar with Two Ronnies? Mm-mm. It's another. It's a British comedy. They were a British comedy duo in the 70s. Okay, yeah. Um, so, have to check them out. And uh, finally, one of my proudest moments
1: on uh, the Amigos Play Series, I completed King's Quest. I did watch a goodly chunk of that because I'd never seen it beaten. And I watched certainly watched the ending of it. That's a, that's quite an interesting game. It is. That's that weird era where they hadn't, they hadn't gotten rid of the text mm-hmm. and they you know but and 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 it was it, it was looked very playable. Uh, I've not played that before. Mm-hmm. What did you think? What was your feeling? I know you were proud of yourself. Obviously, you should be. But what did you think well, overall? There are a lot of things that
0: you there was no way you could have known unless there was unless you had a hint book. Like you get this bowl. And you have to type fill bowl. And the bowl magically fills with stew. mm So... I, I'd say kind of cheap things, but it didn't bother me because I was using a walkthrough. And I wonder was, if they
1: published cheap guides back oh, in those days. Oh, uh, because that, uh, that was King's Quest one. Yeah, man. a
0: lot of authors said that they made more money on the hint books than they did the game. I've heard that, but I, just, I mean that's so long ago. I, I, yeah, now since King's Quest, you know, that was the, the that was the original. I don't know if the hint book market had taken off by that point or not, but uh, it's a really graphically impressive game for the time, for '87. Um, and uh,
1: I thought it was yeah. I'm gonna try and do King's Quest Two next. Oh, gutsy! Work my now, way through. Now, didn't you record another video uh, game um, after that, or maybe it was oh yeah, I did a, a transplant. Transplant. I don't watched you play that. Mm-hmm. That looks like an interesting game. It, I've never heard of
0: that one. It was uh, our Arjen Schumacher, I think is his name. A guy from, I think, he's another guy from Norway, Denmark, something. Mm-hmm. He. Uh, he wrote in and he said, "Here are two public domain games that I think you should check out." And that was one of them. That explains why I haven't heard of. It, yeah, I was like, "What is this?" And now, was, did it play well? Tomorrow? Oh, it was really great. Actually, it actually made me a little seasick because of the way that stars <laughs> whirl and twirl. Well, it as had, you had turn a uh,
1: it had time pilot-y mm-hmm. or Bosconian t- yep. kind of a yeah, it was a lot like Time Pilot. Um,
0: and they had uh, you know great variety of enemies.
1: It was a wonderful game. The effect was excellent. Yeah, I'm thinking to myself, why haven't I? Not, I don't think I've seen a game on the Amiga that does that. Can, yeah, and can it, you think of one other type of year that we've looked at that has that that does it that way? No, no, not unless there's a port of Bosconian. Uh, you know, the one that comes to mind is awesome. Okay, well, I, we which haven't we haven't played, played that, yet, yeah. but I've mm-hmm. played the other. I mean, I was impressive for a PD game. Wow.
0: Yeah, the other game that I played that I thought was really great was another PD game called Alien Fish Finger. And that's going to go up this week. Uh, It's a a small sprite 2D uh, side-scrolling shooter uh, where you have upgradable weapons and stuff like that. It looks a lot like the kind of indie game that's popular right now on Steam. Hmm. You know, those
1: pixel-based shooters. Um, So be on the lookout for that. That was a great one, too. Oh, speaking of Steam, I don't know. Of course, now we've checked and the ship has sailed. But uh, last, over the weekend, they had a uh, Cinemaware... Sale! I hope a lot of you guys got in on it. Hey, it's a good reason to check Facebook and Google Plus because we, you know, Chris Folds was on this. Chris Folds was all over Mm -hmm. it, but you could get the thirteen game, I believe it's thirteen game CinemaWare collection for under two bucks, under two dollars off Steam, which is ridiculous. Really, the only big title that was missing was Stooges, probably for licensing purposes. Mm Uh, everything had, else was there though. it had everything TV had Sports Ra- Rocket Ranger mm-hmm. and it had I, I, you know I haven't played any of this stuff yet I just downloaded it last night but I'm hoping it, they've done away with any of the all the you know this ch- like the one thing about Rocket Ranger is the damn uh, using that damn wheel was a real pain in the butt mm-hmm. I'm hoping there's some way they've gotten around that oh I'm sure they've gotten they've gotten around that you know so but uh, that thanks for, thanks uh, for Chris up. But, uh, but yeah we, anytime we see a deal like that we'll stick it on one of the forums so if you you know, I'm one of these people, I listen to a podcast, I never visit their site or give a damn about their stuff. But, if you check in occasionally, there may be a nugget of, of gold there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, what do you have for news this week, Aaron? Uh, let me consult the Magic News Box here. Uh, there was This was not a huge week for news, frankly. Um, the uh, are There are a few new games that got released this week, and I say new. There's one real new one, it's called... Uh, Project Lila. I think I mentioned this one a couple months ago when it was getting ready to get released. Uh, it's an 8-bit NES styled run and gun game. Um, I looked at it. It looks interesting. I've not played it, uh, but they're, they're shipping that thing out. Uh, last week, we, I believe we mentioned a tennis game that had been found, recovered off an old hard drive that had, was almost finished. Well, they, it has been released. Uh, it's called Center Court Two. Uh, it looks good. It looks real good, and the story behind it's real neat too, which we went into about them. It was on an old hard drive that they managed to bring back to life. Right, you know, right. which was I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, I don't think there was much else out there this week. Uh, it's kind of a dead news week. There were a few other. I saw some other games that were nearing release, but I don't usually like to talk about this stuff until it's yeah. out. Mm-hmm. So. So uh, every week go. can't be a huge news week.
0: That's this true. Is, this is a thirty-year-old <laughs> platform. So, man, uh, it's hard to believe we're you know we're past a year now. So the Amiga is over thirty-one
1: years old. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. How old are you now? Thirty. I just turned thirty-five. So you're, you're uh it's catching up with you. It is. It is. Do we wish you every birthday on the show? No. Happy no. birthday on the show. Well, you know,
0: last week it was a uh, crazy town with the the party and.
1: Uh, Boat had a very nice uh, gathering over here. He, uh, um, he had some good, good uh, booze, if you will. He had some good eats. His wife well, was an excellent cook. Mm-hmm. She made us very happy and full. We uh, had our buddies come over. Boat had all of his uh, good pals over here that he could that could show up, and it's quite nice. Yeah, well, that I was I really, a good time. Really enjoyed it. Thank you for that lovely bottle of, of uh, booze, which I'm planning on digging into at my earliest convenience. The way my week's going, it may be real soon. I was going to
0: say this, that can that can help things along a little. Yes,
1: bit. it can. Yeah.
0: Um, silkworm. Let's talk about it.
1: Silkworm. Uh, good game, bad game. I liked it, and we we've sort of uh, this is a game. It's funny of these two games. I played so I've just played the hell out of silkworm back in the day. Um, silkworm is basically a oh. uh, uh, shooting horizontal shooter I guess is the best way to describe it uh, you can play as a helicopter or a jeep uh, you scroll the screen you basically fly from the left to the right side of the screen or drive considering what you're playing and you shoot bad guys uh, mm-hmm. you will encounter you know helicopters uh, you'll encounter uh, airplanes the jeep encounters you know, all kinds of uh, tanks ground based ground based mm-hmm. stuff you uh, the uh, missile launchers, missiles all over the place. Uh, a, a goose, a goose ship, I guess that's mm-hmm. what they, is what it's called. It, it forms itself out of like different kinds yeah. of ships. The uh, uh, the game came out in '91, uh, so it's not super. Or excuse me, that's not true. That's the other game. The game came out in '89. Uh, it was uh, Virgin Games. It was developed by it was the game was actually released in the arcade by Tecmo. Mm, interesting. We, yeah, it's funny Tecmo. I believe they make some of the really good wrestling games. Uh, didn't they make WWF Royal Rumble or WWF uh, Wrestle Fest? And I uh, know who did that? that. Wasn't that Tecmo? That wasn't again? Tecmo.
0: Tecmo always had its own games. They had like Tecmo World Wrestling things like. No, that. I
1: mean in the arcade. In the arcades. I think it. I think they did. Maybe do they did. It. Maybe I can to look did. into that. They, uh, they did uh, Mighty Bomb Jack on the Amiga and when I say that I mean it was ported to Amiga uh, that was one of theirs Ninja Gaiden 2 Shadow Warrior and Gemini Wing uh, This the game was developed uh, in combination from an outfit called Random Access another outfit called the Sales Curve <laughs> which is it's a wacky name it is um, these guys these two different outfits did some some notab- notable games I guess they did Random Access to Drudge Dread. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. Well I never played it. But mean, you remember it, the comic yeah. and the movie? Um It was Stallone, right? Yeah. I know Judge <laughs> Dread comic book fans weren't hugely fame popular about that. Um they did they did Narc. Yeah. Played a lot of Narc at the skate arena. Narc was a pretty interesting. That was a was that a who was that, was that Atari that did that in the arcade? Hmm. I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Um Ninja Warrior. I don't know. I, do you remember that in the arcade? No, I never. Oh, that heard of just, that. Maybe that's just an Amiga game they did. I don't know. Um, well, no, it must have been. I don't know. Eep and I watch American Ninja Warrior every week. Yeah, I watch that. a Good show. Did you see the one-legged guy on there? Yeah, I saw him wrestle a couple weeks ago. Really? Yeah, he was at the show in Madison. Unbelievable. He wrestled. Is he from West Virginia? No. Oh. He wrestled in a tag team with a guy that has uh, um, cerebral palsy. I believe is what he oh. has, and and they they're called the Handicapped Heroes. They're they're, they're good, and he wrestles without the prosthetic. Wow. He's a good. He's a good worker. It was a real good match. Yeah, they're real good. Anyway, I digress. Um, The sales curve did a game called Indie Heat, (laughs) Heat, and Rodland. Rodland came up over and over, and it's uh, so I don't know what the heck Rodland is, but he was uh, he didn't play for the Bulls, right? He's a big North Korea fan. You got me, man. Um, This thing works on the old original chipset. It's it's a disc, and. it had one or two players simultaneous. You know, there's not a whole lot to be said. In in a lot of ways, the name is derived from sort of the uh, the backstories that the world is on the edge of world on, on the edge of war bleh, war and it, and it hangs the fate of the world hangs on a single silken thread. Mm. And so that's where they apparently come up with the silkworm Interesting. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was kind of neat. Yeah. Um, what did you think of silkworm?
0: Well, I liked it. Um, it's got, it it, a lot of its roots come from games like Choplifter, um, right?
1: Mm. How do you figure? Because it's a helicopter. It's I a mean, helicopter.
0: Shop- it's side-scrolling.
1: Yeah, but you so- fire missiles. Yeah, but uh, uh, Choplifter you you could fly either way. You could land, and you picked up prisoners. Well, so Choplifter is a better game. I mean, I like Choplifter. Yeah. Will you put me on the spot here, (laughs) Bo? I'm just saying. Um,
0: But I think that the Jeep adds a tremendous amount to what is otherwise kind of a ho-hum experience. Uh, The Jeep is is difficult to control, but it's cool. It's got a rotating turret at the top, and so you can fire and move in different directions. Um, One thing about this game that is kind of odd is they make a lot out of the invincibility shield. You get these shields pretty often, and you're almost expected just to ram yourself into enemies when you have it. Yeah, the, the
1: shields you have to shoot this thing on the ground. That well, that's not the only way to get them, but it's it's kind of like a disc looking mm-hmm. thing. It's flat, and it's and you shoot those, a little sparkly cloud. Yeah. appears, and then sometimes they'll just be floating around. Mm-hmm. And I like sometimes you can get them when the when you blow up the goose the goose ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they seem to they seem to happen fairly often. Um, this game
0: suffers from. What I consider to be lazy programming, and that there's only two bosses—you
1: uh, fight a tank and a plane in alternating order, pretty much indefinitely. I will say I've read a bunch of interviews with the guys that made this, and they, and apparently that's it, the way it is in the arcade, because they were asked, "Did you ever think to put more end bosses in this?" And they said it really never occurred to so us. We wanted to make it as faithful to the arcade as possible. Sure,
0: I don't blame the port the port guys. I yeah. blame the arcade guys.
1: Um, the uh, most people consider this the ultimate port uh, they, it's, this is one of those you hear the, the words arcade perfect mm-hmm. conversion thrown around but a lot of people would say that this is as close as you're going to get to an arcade perfect conversion right down to some of the timings mm. and whatnot. these guys really went uh, the extra mile in the interviews they uh, they actually got the source they went through it they put everything in it the, uh, the best way they could they did a lot of little programming tricks to get that much stuff on the screen at once mm-hmm. Uh, one of the neat things about this game is that you'll be flying along, and in the background, because it's sort of a parallax thing going on, you'll see off in the distance, you'll see little uh, fleets of planes coming along and in, that are coming to get you. They'll be moving at a little quicker pace in the background, and they eventually will, so presumably they'll come out to get you at some point, which I always like that is neat. It's yeah. a neat touch. Uh, there's a lot of enemies on the screen at once. There's a lot of bullets flying. There's a lot of missiles flying, and really no slowdown. If you think I didn't notice anything wacky happen. it
0: really it really plays well and it looks great I mean I, I actually I didn't look at the arcade port but it looked like it could have been it looked like it could have been an arcade game what well I mean it was basically an arcade game well, yeah, yeah I mean but I mean like it wouldn't look out of place
1: if you took those graphics and put them in a cap oh yeah 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 uh, the Amiga was the lead version uh, there was an ST and well the Amiga and the Atari ste versions uh, were at the same time uh, I've not played the Atari ST version, but apparently it's very it's much slower mm. uh, the, uh, the interview I read the, the it's, it had nothing to do with it had the same CPU power, but didn't have any Blitter or something some kind of programming jack that I don't know much about but whatever it was it handicapped at the point where it was running about half half the speed um, It's funny. I read on wiki that uh, this doesn't have an ending and I, first of all, I could never get to the ending, so I wouldn't have known any way it went, but I watched the long play of this, and the Amiga long play did have an ending. Mm. I don't know, did you see the ending of it? No. The, wor- the it, Basically, words appear on the screen if you beat this final guy. There's, and the final guy is like this, uh, what it reminded me of was the NPC clone uh, cone in Tron, sort of. There's this big kind of machine. And there's these two things coming up out of the ground and from the, from the ceiling, and there's this thing in the middle that you shoot at, and there's computer stuff in the background. And when you blow this thing up, it explodes for a while. Then it's, it's, it's a it shows a uh, like a zoomed out version of this like uh, compound and this and this building kind of collapses. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a little like I guess that's a sort of a little animation, and then it puts these it puts words on the screen. I'll, I'll read these words as they were amusing. Uh, and history records that during these 11 eventful months, many lives were lost. Peace returned to the now decimated countryside. The people returned to find crops ruined, churches defiled, and the village's village pond dried up. A meeting of the elders and pleasant peasants was held in a local pub. Luckily, everyone saw the funny side. That's how it is. I thought that was pretty funny, is pretty funny. Uh So... <laughs> um, but overall, uh, a pretty—I'll I, always love this game. The Jeep—you have to be a really skilled player to be mm. the Jeep. That's definitely the the, the tougher of the two. The, the you have to be very learn how to control the the, the moving gun is vital. Yeah, uh, Brent's a good hand. Oh yeah, he he did. If you saw our playthrough, uh, Brent is a real good hand at it. Um, the uh, the graphics are pleasant. Like there's no speed, there's no slowdown. It all comes on one disc. It loads nicely. Um, overall, I thought it was an enjoyable game. If we compare it to other side-scrolling shooters that we've played... Help me out here. What have we played that we that would fall into the category of this? I guess Blood Money. Yeah. Um, I think this is probably better playing than Blood Money. I like Blood Money's entrance. I like the music, but I think this is... And it, it's smooth, but this is a more playable game yeah. than Blood Money. It's, it's not more a star, enjoyable, right? for sure. Sure. Um, I'm trying to think there's anything else we could think of. About that. I mean, I like... Uh, for uh, uh, menace comes to mind. We haven't reviewed menace, but it's kind of along the same lines uh, of that. R type
0: mm-hmm. is
1: another one that would come to mind. It's mm-hmm. a, this one. I think's in the ballpark overall. Yeah, I mean, it, I feel like
0: the things that were lacking for me were variety of enemies, and you know, if you you got to have that in a shooter because <laughs> what else are you doing? You're shooting stuff. Yeah. Um and but, like I said, I don't fault the people that ported the game because they were just doing what was in the arcade game.
1: Yeah. Now, this thing was ported, this ported to a lot, of, a lot of machines. Some of these surprised me, frankly. The Amiga and the Atari ST, the C64, the, the ZX or ZX Spectrum, mm-hmm. if you will, Amstrad CPC, and, and the NES... I've not played the the NES version, but I would probably have to have a look at that. And see I wonder if
0: that was the. We say this every time. I wonder if it was a European only release. I'm not so,
1: sure this. I'm not sure this game was released oh, in America you know at all. You
0: know, thinking back over my years of collecting NES games, I think I might have seen a Silkworm card or
1: two, mm. and I never, I never pursued it. But oh, and why? Well, which I was hoping to get it over here, but Brent, my brother, had to work late. But we actually have a Silkworm Marquee, arcade Marquee at the house. And I think bring we bring it ever, over next week. I think we actually yeah. have the game somewhere, too. So it's, it's kind of a neat Marquee. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, I we'll want to check this out on the NES. I'd, like to, I'd be interested to see what it looks like. I, the, uh, I heard the Amiga was the way to go. Um, they said the uh, Spectrum version, they only took three months to program it start to finish. It was a copy of the Amiga version. Um, the, uh, the, uh, the, the guy, one of the interviews I read with one of the guys that worked for... Uh, I think he was at the sales curve. I'm pretty sure he said that both this and Sviv were big sellers. Mm-hmm. So again, if it's a big seller it gets ported a lot. And I'm right. see that's what happened. So uh, music good there's I, you know I, it I, can you remember the music at all even I can't remember if it. Was, I remember that time I don't remember you know when you started that's about it there's no music in the game. I yeah, like, I, I can't remember. Uh, so I guess that's not memorable. yeah um, and uh there's little else to say. I mean, it's a fun game. It's a great two-player game. It can be frustrating if you're the Jeep. Mm-hmm. You know, that's pretty much long and short of it. Yeah. So Did you uh, did you look on eBay on this one? Oh, I sure did. In fact, let me consult the magic box here. This is my other thing to print. I looked on eBay uh, on this particular one, and it's a not an easy find. Let me dig through the numbers here. Oh, review-wise, while well, we're thinking about it, um, this thing got good scores. Uh, looks like uh, somewhere between 81 and 94. And Amiga format gave it an 86, it was sort of my default. Mm-hmm. I used to read Amiga format. Um, pretty good scores. Uh, this game was pretty commonplace back in the day, sort of. Not two-player like this, but you know, overall... Uh, uh, a pretty good score. So eBay on Silkworm, uh, and this is why I'm wondering if this was released in the states, if either of these, because there, there were no U.S. copies of any of either one of these games. Uh, Silkworm with with the box, uh, on, and these were all in Europe, 33 to 60 bucks U.S. shipped. So uh, more expensive than I would have guessed, mm-hmm. honestly. Uh, the disc only 12 bucks U.S. shipped, but who wants just the disc? Right. Um, so, you know, that's I would say that's kind of rareish. It's not super rare, but I mean, mm-hmm. there, there's none here. Anytime we don't get, any, and I looked and I couldn't find any that have been sold here, so I'm guessing maybe this didn't get released in the states. Yeah. You know, so our loss, right? Yeah. So let's move on to SWIV or uh, Swiv or however you want to pronounce it. Wouldn't it just be Swiv? Swiv, uh, 1991. Deja vu, right?
0: So this was released the same year that uh, Silkworm was released.
1: No, remember I got that wrong. At the game oh, eighty nine. Okay. Yeah, so this was released in ninety one. Now the reason we bundle these together is because by themselves, there's, probably, there's not really a whole lot to them, and, and theoretically, these they're sort of. Well, i will get into it, but they're kind. Of, it's Swiv it is sort of a sequel to Silkworm. So uh, again, nineteen ninety one. Uh, the, again, this is the same kind of crew—the sales curve and random access. Uh, the designer of this was Dan Merchant. I heard him, and and the, and the graphics guy Ned Langman were the guys that really were the driving forces behind this game. looking over what they've done. Like Dave Merchant only did KGB and SWIV. That's it. And Ned, he did a couple. He did Double Dragon Three, which is actually a pretty good version on the on the Amiga. It's a terrible game, though. Double Dragon Three. Well, it's and you know, it depends on what you like. Uh, he was on, any Rodland, another guy, Judge Dredd, the same <laughs> stuff. Again, this was for the original, one disc. This had, now, this took the uh, concept of Silkworm and literally turned it, you know, how would that be? 90, so 45 degrees, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah, and you're it's right, a, 45 so it's degrees. A, it's a, This is a vertical shooter. Mm-hmm. Now, I read some interviews about this, and, and the way this went down is these guys had just done these arcade conversions. And they decided they wanted to do something on their own, mm-hmm. right? So this was not an official sequel. This was not licensed from Tecmo. Okay, uh, they and the reason it's called uh, SWIV as opposed to Silkworm Four or whatever, they were, I guess it was basically so they would have to pay Tecmo money. Mm. So uh, uh, and they said, well, we couldn't. Why wasn't it named SW Two? Well, that sounded lame, right? It basically sounds like. They, they, the reasoning I read was to make it sort of like Star Wars film. Well,
0: you know, it's funny because whenever I see that, I just think Star Wars Episode Four. Right, right. So, and that's
1: what they did. It's um, good marketing. Clever. Yeah. Uh, again, this is a vertical version of the of the game. But really, this is sort of a whole, its own game. Mm-hmm. It, there's no, there are comparisons, obviously. You play a helicopter or a jeep. One of the reasons they turned it vertically is to give the Jeep a better chance. Mm. Uh, one of the things in the in the horizontal game is that Jeep, like I said, was really tough. You're jumping over stuff, you're dodging stuff, and you can't fly. You're really in in this game. You're at the same advantage or disadvantage as the chopper. For yeah, because I mean, you're yeah. Um, this this game uh, came out on the Amiga, the ST, the C64, the X Spectrum, Amstrad CPC. But I mean, here's the wacky one. Uh, it was converted to the Game Boy Color in 2001. Holy cow! Wow, which I thought that was kind of that was kind of a neat thing. Yeah, um, there are plenty of different uh, uh, r- people that uh, explanations as to what Sviv means. Uh, uh, sw- a lot of people think it means silkworm in vertical. I uh, like oh, that, that one a better. lot, uh, but uh, it, uh, from what I've been able to read, it means they, it doesn't have a meaning. <laughs> <laughs> Effectively, they just renamed sort of it that. And uh, and and there's no meaning to it to it at all. You know what they you know what uh, they used to ask Don
0: McLean what American Pie meant. You know what he said? Uh huh. Means I never have to work again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, he's had uh, some difficulty here recently. Mm. Um, this this sort of got I'm not gonna say it ported, but it also appeared on the Super Nintendo as Super Swiv. If you I don't know if you. I heard think of that. I've heard of that too. And it also there was a re. A, a remix version on the Super Nintendo called Firepower Two Thousand. Really? Yeah. Uh, apparently they ported Super Swift. But they also have a, a, a Mega Drive release called Mega Swift. <laughs> these guys are very clever, right? Yeah. Um, and apparently these were pretty. I think they did these in like six months. These mm-hmm. conversions—they're apparently quick and dirty. And I guess they went back and cleaned it up, cleaned up uh, Swift to release on the Super Nintendo as Firepower Two Thousand. Mm. So let's talk about this one for a minute. And this one, like you said, we're flying. We're now flying vertically. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I have to say, I had not played this game. I'd heard about it, but I never played it or even seen it. This surprised me. This is a hell of a game. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. This, as much as I like Silkworm, and you know I'm a big fan of Silkworm, mm-hmm. holy cow, where's this thing been my whole life? Mm-hmm. Uh, the only the nearest comparison that I can draw to it is Banshee. Banshee, that's what I was thinking. I like this more than Banshee mm-hmm. uh, and because it's got the element of the jeep, mm-hmm. the two-player simultaneous, the uh, the fact that it's uh, they they put a special system in here where there's no loading, so it's one long, I think I think it timed out to forty six minutes. You know, with you know with the added gameplay and battling in uh, on the long play out that I saw of it. Uh, the the various lands you go through are awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did yeah, a real the good job. are great. There are homages to other games in it. I don't know how far you got into it. I got to, I could actually get to the homage. Of course, I was cheating, but uh, I got through a good chunk of the game before I was just getting killed left and right. And I felt really bad for cheating this badly. <laughs> but there's a, you get to a certain point where there's a, a almost a direct. Homage, if you will, to Zevious. Did you see that part? Do no. you remember playing Zevius? Oh, yeah. You remember the bit where the mirrors <laughs> are flipping? Yep. At the mm-hmm. beginning and then this little, yep. the little uh, round things kind of ching. And maybe mm-hmm. the, it's exactly that. Aww. The things on the ground, and something they added to that level, which I thought was just awesome. You remember in Zevious um, where there's like almost like it looks like Indian imprintations on the land, like there'll be like a firebird. In the, in, it's in, oh, in, know, the, it's, in like the grass or right, something? Right, yeah. right, mm-hmm. In this game, you come upon this ship that's parked mm-hmm. on the ground, and you start firing at it, and eventually it'll give a drive off. And when it gets up, and drives off. The imprint that it's left looks like a, one of those crazy designs oh, from Zevius wow. But the, the, the little, the little uh, shooting guns that go in the road is there. I mean, there's no doubt. Mm-hmm. There's no like, oh, it's sort of like it is Z <laughs> So it's sort of like the game in the game. Yeah, there are many parts of this that reminded me of Alcon, if mm-hmm. you or Slap Fight. Uh, it's also called Stupidly, uh, where it's very similar to that in some in some areas. Uh, this game, I was really I couldn't believe how good it was. Uh, the The Goose Ship makes an appearance again, which Roy, really it's one of the only things that would you know, bear any resemblance to the, to the side-scrolling game mm-hmm. is the is that goose ship that comes into being. You blow it up, and that's how you get your power-ups in this. Uh, I believe there are four power-ups. It's like a wide shot, a close-up shot, and then there's uh, points in the form of money, and, and you get a little bit of an, uh, invincibility. Mm-hmm. And then there are those bubbles that will make you indestructible for a short amount of time, and you can also shoot them and blow and make a smart bomb and it blows up everything on the screen. Um, I've I, I really dug this one. Uh, the uh, the music that boots up is good. Again, the sound effects are great. There's a nice rumble. Uh, you have tanks uh, driving on on the ground that leave tracks. Uh, I like when you go. There's one area where you're going to the grass and it, and you're, and it leaves tracks in the in the grass. You know the high grass. There are points over water, and if you're playing the jeep, your jeep parks and you get in the boat. Wow. And you do you ever see awesome. that? And no. you and you drive the boat to the so it's those water portions where you're on the boat. There's portions where you're in. uh, uh, There are pyramids and the tops will come off and guns will come Mm -hmm. out. It's just awesome. There are things you can fly. The jeep can drive under that. You know that's that. You know so there's uh, several layers of playability with it, uh, which is neat. Uh, It's just uh, the jeep still has its sort of mobile gun. Uh, it's. I was blown away. I really. I couldn't. I mean, of all the games we played, this was right up in the up in the top echelon of ones that just. I took me completely by surprise. Uh, uh, I really. I really loved it. What did you. What did you think? I
0: agree. I agree with everything you said. This game is. Maybe. No, not maybe. This game is my fir- my favorite vertical shooter on the uh, the Amiga. Did this it's eclipse Banshee for you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean and ba- I like and Banshee. We like Banshee.
1: And there are some things in Banshee that aren't in this, mm-hmm. to be fair. Like the little guys running around Yeah, know? I like that stuff. But the the setting, the
0: way that the environments change, the, the whole Jeep and plane impl- or helicopter aspect,
1: um it's great i love it that really adds a, a different level of and think of the design mm-hmm. that would go into something like yeah. that it would be <laughs> you really have to plan it out otherwise
0: you'll end up with two vehicles that are identical they just look different yeah
1: you know, and i think. was watching a, a a playthrough before i actually got to play it and i was watching the hawk go through across this water so I'm like what is what's is going to happen to the poor jeep here mm-hmm. well <laughs> so i thought the boat the boat's great it very uh you ever played, Spy Hunter. That's what it reminds me of. There's a point where you're in the, boat. You're in the car, mm-hmm. then you're in the boat. It's a, sort of the same thing. You're in the you're in the armored boat. I like the uh, track screens where it shows like this sort of a blueprints of the vehicles, mm-hmm. you know, which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, the credit screens real funny where they show the little the actual faces of the people that made the game. Oh, I didn't see that. And it's that's real clever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of little flourishes that I, I really like. Uh, this game also has an ending. It's as wacky, uh, I, well, almost as wacky as the other one. Let me dig it up here. The uh, uh, these guys obviously had a sense of humor. Now, uh, when it comes to this stuff, the uh, there's this one also has a cheat mode. Uh, I should mention this in case anybody wants to cheat. Uh, if you uh, if you pause the gameplay and type NCC seventeen O one. <laughs> and hit enter, it'll enable the cheat mode with with, with unlimited lives so that's that's something to know about
0: uh, let me find this here while you're looking that up, yeah. have you ever looked at the Starship uh, the model Starship lighting group on Facebook
1: no, I've not I'm this not. is
0: my new favorite group on Facebook these guys build models Yeah. and the lighting, the way that they use those little fiber optic lights to light them up, oh man it looks great when you were talking about that code it just made me think about seeing
1: this enterprise all lit up and awesome you need to check out that. Daily. I will. You know. Guess what? I don't think I have this written down. It's something to the effect of once you've won the game. It's like, well, congratulations! You ended the war, and your unit's been disbanded, and now you're unemployed. <laughs> like you'll be, you'll be getting a check in the mail from the government. That's basically that's the end of the game, wow. which I thought that was kind of funny. Um, this game has what's called the DLS dynamic loading system, which apparently at this point was becoming pretty complex, But I don't remember a lot. I mean. A game that long that loads this stuff out, itself as it goes. It's amazing it was getting that done on that. That's because, awesome. You know, that's so cool. Um, <clears throat> the four weapons you can get with spread shot, precision cannon, the shot enhancer, and then the bonus money. And the, like I said that would give you invincibility. The bonus money thing was a little dollar sign to give you points. Um, this game reviewed remarkably well. Looking over the scores, almost all in the nineties, uh, a couple in the eighties, but for the most part, this reviewed even better than the old one. Hmm. Uh, well, I can believe it. Yeah, again, I don't. I'm not sure this one had a release in a, in the states. The all the versions of it I have are um, in PAL, mm. which sucks because I lose part of the screen. Yeah, I need that part because I'm not that good. Uh, there are big bosses in this that you fight. Did you ever get to of the bosses? No. There's a there's a there's a giant laser you've got to fight. There, then there's this kind of a. Uh, a lot of this game takes place with these with these weapons that are sort of on rails. Mm-hmm. Which is, I love it. Mm. And you might follow up like there's one bit where you follow this chunk of uh, construction as it fl- slides up the rails. Then all of a sudden you see it a big thing it's sliding into, and you're like, oh crap! <laughs> and once it slides in there, the whole the whole damn thing fires up wow. and it goes after you, which is always that thing's kind of neat. Uh, there's there's they basically you're fighting these big lasers. That's basically f- effectively what you're fighting. Uh, the end. I watched the end of this game where it's you sort of fight this sort of it's almost like a reactor looking thing. It's real. Interesting. I thought the colors in this reminded me. I will say that maybe it's a limitation of the of the, uh, of the Amiga, but the color palette was very banshee esque, mm-hmm. That kind of brown. Yeah. And, but it changed a lot. Uh, they they got a lot of mileage. I mean, they went and did every sort of background they could think of. I mean, mm-hmm. there's everything in this game. There's fields. There's oceans. There's mountains. There's volcanoes. There's you know Arctic. There's everything. They mm-hmm. they pretty much ran the gamut on it. All in all. I mean, like I said, it's amongst the... I, I, it's one of my favorite games now. Yeah. I played it quite a bit this week. Yeah. Um, I'm stunned. It's a, it's a good day to be a host of this show and play stuff like that uh, when you have not seen it before. Um, this game ended up getting another sequel, which was called... I believe it was called Sviv 3D. I had a look at it, and I did not like it. <laughs> um I can't believe that a game with a uh, 3D
0: tag would not be any good. Well,
1: it was I th- it was released on the PC, and it had it wasn't the shooter in the conventional sense. This is one that... Uh, remember that era in the PC where they had went to that kind of rendered landscaping mm-hmm. thing? Mm-hmm. There was a helicopter game that used this, and I'm trying to think of the name of it. It's, it's on the tip of my brain. I can't think of it, but... Um, this is does that sort of rendered land thing know, 3D. and it's and your ship is there and there's a crosshair you're just sort of just flying you got and it's funny that you get all this extra movement you get all this extra freedom and the game stinks it's funny how that works where sometimes being in a 2D or world it's just better mm-hmm. and this was a game where it was better mm-hmm. uh, this should never ever have went to a 3D world yeah. so uh, i i wouldn't i wouldn't look for it stay with stay with Swiv you yeah, yeah, move yeah. on Oh, I, I looked this one up on eBay as well. Of course, uh, again, no American releases uh, on here. Uh, everything in Europe. Box version of this is going to rate you between thirty and eighty-five bucks. Pretty wide uh, yeah. range. Uh, disc only, you're still looking between, say, fifteen to forty bucks, uh, US. Uh, Again, I have a feeling this didn't get a U.S. release since I couldn't find anything in the States. That's usually what that means. And that's another thing. It's hard to find where things got released. I've had so much trouble trying to find where things got released. It's weird. You'd think that that information...
0: I can understand not being able to dig up sales figures, but
1: it's funny. Well, so many of these companies don't exist anymore or whatever. Yeah, they were just kind of fly-by-night operations to begin with. And and again, this is a lot like Three Stooges in that... uh, um, these guys didn't do that much on the this particular outfit, didn't do a whole lot on the mm-hmm. Amiga, these two guys, these two outfits, and so there's just not a lot of you know stuff rolling around about it. But much like Silkworm, Swiv used a lot of programming tricks to squeeze every little morsel of power out of the thing, and it, and it amazes me that all that fit on the disc. Yeah, that's it, you know, that is amazing. Uh, the uh, uh, I was reading the story from the guy, and he said uh, that they had used a super encryption this guy had worked on where the disc would not read on any Amiga. Uh, when, you know, unless you, it seems like it would be a detriment well, to the game. It wouldn't, when I, it's a format that was foreign to the Amiga. And it only, it basically, you could only use it to load up the game. was oh, okay. To not copy it. I think you said the Pirates had it copied in 30 hours. <laughs> and another guy talked about a game where they, it was so big they had to release it on two discs. Mm-hmm. And they said within like a week, the Pirates had gotten the discs, stripped out the car protections, inserted some compressions, and managed to put it all on one disc. And they had no idea how they'd done it. These guys were very impressed with the Pirates back That's in the yeah. day. But he said both games sold great, so there you
0: go. That's good. That's good. Um, well, let's go ahead and wind this show up by thanking our supporters. I'm going to do it in the style of Elton John singing Honky Cat. Paul Harrington. Wait a minute. That's not Honky Cat. How does Honky Cat go?
1: What's new, Honky, honky Cat? Yeah, I'm getting back in my pool.
0: Maybe I don't want to do it in the style of Honky Cat. That would be bad. Trust I'll me, just... you're, you're going in the style of Honky. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Harrington Lauren Giroux Loggins Jonas Rullo, Cole Bjorn Barman Tapes from the Crypt Adam Bradley Chris Folds Will Williams Daniel Bingston O'Brien's Retro and Vintage Chad Halstead and Brent Dowdy Thank you very much for your Hold on a second
1: You didn't sing the new guy's
0: name Yeah th- Paul Oh He wanted to hear you sing his name Well I was going to do Honky Cat but Can't I- you sing his name in Honky Cat? Well In my mind it was coming out different Get back Paul Harington. That doesn't work. That's terrible. I'm sorry. I He's probably but...
1: going to withdraw his funds. I, w- I, I don't, don't blame you, Paul. Him.
0: I don't blame you. Next week I'll do better, I promise. He won't. Uh, speaking of next week, I figured we'd try uh, that old Peter Molyneux classic, Populous.
1: Okay, we'll give it a shot. I, I, have- I own that. Which you would think that would mean I was good at it. <laughs>
0: it's a different title for sure. I'm looking yes, forward to playing it. So. I will try to learn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, until then, adios. adios.